Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we are going to continue our reflections into these special topics. Now, each and every Thursday, what I typically do is take a look at your question or questions and then really reflect with them, responding to them, yes, but I often like to take the scenic route and extend that uh, two, three-minute response into a 25-minute program, as many of you know. This Thursday is going to be a little different. I have someone in studio with me here um, that I have been getting to know over the course of the past few weeks, few months. You may know him as he hosts his own program on what, Saturday, is on it? On Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, on Saturday oh, morning. So, uh, John, I'd like to welcome you into the studio uh, as part of Seeds of Truth this evening. So great what to have you pleasure. with me. Joe, we really enjoy your program a lot. Your your intellect and discourse is simply wonderful. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks, John. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, part of the reason why I wanted you on air with me this evening is because of the many conversations that we've been having recently. And <laughs> just the other day, I thought to myself, gosh, this conversation would be great for radio. Essentially, this evening is going to be about John how we might come to better understand God's love in and through our experience of who we are as fathers. That really lies at the heart of all of sacred scripture, because we ought to be reminded that the Old and New Testament is what? I mean, what is God testifying to but the greatness of His love, Hmm. right? So I think the point of departure for this evening is a pretty important line that comes to us from Superman. When Superman is looking at his son, and as he is suffering with his son, he says, it is in becoming a father that I better understand what it means to be a son. Gosh, when I heard that, I thought to myself, that's it. That's it, because as a father of four, I have so many experiences in life that constantly remind me of of my relationship with God the Father. And just that simple line, it's in becoming a father that I've realized who I am as a son to God the Father. It just really struck me. And for you and I, I know, as we were talking the other day, um, our fatherhood is very much an encounter with uh, God's love as he's constantly revealing himself and very what that's much. about. The love and the responsibility that we have and that we teach are mm. so important. My uh, pastor this past weekend posed, I thought, a very important question. And he said, for those of you who have children, what have your children done to merit your love? (laughs) What have your children done to merit your love? And there are all sorts of different answers to that question, right? And no one really hit the the point. (laughs) And after everyone kind of answered the question, he said, well, I hate to tell you, but you're all lying. Because his point was simply, You love your children because they're your children. That's right. You love your children because they're your children. And I thought, that's so beautiful. It very much speaks to what we are set to talk about here, because in the end, John, there isn't anything so great that our children are going to do that is going to (laughs) have 
us loving them more or something so bad that is going to have us, you and I, loving them less, right? That's right. We are going to love them as they are. And for who they are and how they love us too. That's an important part of the relationship. Yes, yes. Loving, mutual love. I am yours and you are mine. And that's the great definition of covenant love. We, we see and hear this word all the time, John, in sacred scripture. I think we see it over 300 times, actually. There's this language of covenant God entering a covenant relationship with man. I am yours and you are mine. That's the essence of the covenant, because the essence of the covenant is relationship. So yeah, there isn't anything so great or so small. If anything, you and I both know as fathers that... Uh, it is when our children do something wrong that we go out of our way, <laughs> right, to reach out to them. That's funny. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and so certainly uh, something to think about. One thing that I've learned through the years, and uh, for our listening audience, for those who don't know, I have four kids, as, as I've noted. Uh, they are ages 12, 10, Six and four. I don't know. How old are your little, children, John? The youngest one is 24. Okay. And the older ones are a lot older. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love, they're a lot older. <laughs> so as we reflect into this, one of the key points that I am reminded of is, is the simple point that if we can love our children, we who are so imperfect as much as we think we do, how all the more does God love us? Oh! Right? <laughs> I mean, how all the more does God love us? And I think, really, we're called to enter deeper into that truth, because in the end, it's a call for you and I in our fatherhood to exercise the greatness of that love. How do we define love? Love is to will the good of the other. Very right? good. Love is to will the good of the other for the sake of other. True love never says, I am going to do this for this person so as to receive something in return. No, that's not true love. True love is always, I'm going to give myself away and expect nothing in return. This, of course, is what Jesus uh, teaches us on the cross. Now, John, I don't know about you, but for me as a father, there's something that I've experienced in relationship to my oldest son that has really been a prism for me to better understand my relationship with the Father, and it's when He gets to know me. Right? I don't know if you've experienced that, but He'll ask me a question about my past, what I did when I was 12 years old. And oh. in that moment, He looks at me and He says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then He'll, he'll want to be a part of that somehow. I used to love to collect baseball cards. Well, wouldn't you know... He is uh, amassing quite a baseball card collection, and certainly part of it is because he likes to do it, but I would venture to guess that another part of it is because Dad did it when he was 12. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so there's that element of the joy of discovery. And uh, in that discovering who Dad is, he can then imitate that. What does Jesus say? Imitate me. So there you have that element there, my five-year-old. He loves to, to play superhero, right? And he has all of these different costumes, <laughs> all of these different costumes about from uh, the Avengers to Iron Man to Superman to Batman, and, and he loves to dress up in these superheroes and, and play Iron Man, Batman, and Superman. And, you know, one day he came up to me and said, hey, wow. Dad, what was your favorite superhero? Did you, did you ever dress up as Batman? <laughs> oh, you betcha, bud. I dressed up as Batman. 
Uh, did you ever dress up as Superman? Oh, you betcha, but I dressed up as Superman. Um, did you ever dress up as like the teenage mutant ninja turtle? Oh, that's funny. I reminded him that I was one, but that's another. <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. No. And once I said yes to all of those, he was all about running around in these Superman outfits. Oh. There is something about identifying with me um, in that moment. There was a joy in discovering what I did when I was five years old that very much brought an extra kick in his step, I think. That is so much like our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Mm. We recognize he is the superhero mm. of us, and mm. we mm. want to emulate him, follow his examples, learn about him, seek him. Mm. And, of course, we have a great big book to tell us. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Just last night we were... Uh, talking about the movie The Incredibles, uh, uh-huh. reflecting into the Christian themes of this animated... Oh, interesting. Yeah, this animated movie, The Incredibles. And uh, if there's one truth, one archetypal truth that The Incredibles taps into, and really all superhero movies tap into, and I think this is, this is why they're so popular, is that you have this kind of meshing, John, between the low and the high, between the ordinary and superordinary, between the natural and the supernatural. There's this kind of hybrid. Every superhero character is, is this kind of hybrid between the low and high, ordinary and superordinary, and so on and so forth. Why are we so drawn to that? Well, who is the perfection of this but Jesus Christ, right? Amen. And his humanity and his divinity. And as every superhero is about saving, right, uh, this man or, or that woman from, <laughs> from tragedy. It's true. So does Jesus, of course. And so I think the, these superhero movies really tap into, in a, uh, I think, powerful way, allegorically, something about Christ. And so even as we speak to this in relationship to my youngest son, always wanting to be a superhero, there's something of the divine in that encounter. And that is worth reflecting upon for sure. That divine is so important, and how we seek after it, we, it's an example to us, for mm. us to seek after and to follow. Yeah, and we are reminded in a very concrete way, as fathers, what it means to seek or to have someone look upon you, right? That's the, that's the yes. whole thrust of this radio program. Yes. We look at our children, and they look to us with arms outstretched often, right? Clinging to us for everything that they need. And we, as their fathers, do what? We provide for them (laughs) according to how we think they need this or that. This is the same dynamic going on between us and God the Father, right? Jesus leaves us this uh, everlasting icon of what it means to be a true son to God the Father because he leaves us with what? Arms outstretched. Wonderful example. and, And we, as sons of God, are reminded to imitate him uh, that way. Such a powerful, powerful means to, I yes. think, reflect into the greatness of God's love. Another point here, another key aspect to this analogy, if that's what we're going to call mm-hmm. it, uh, is the good versus the willed good moment. Right? We so often in life pursue the good by the grace of God. Amen. And sometimes I wonder, John, if uh, Satan doesn't use that against us. Oh. And by that I mean... <laughs> You know, we pursue so many goods that we're no longer doing any one thing good or any one thing well, right? We, we're doing now eight, nine, ten things, and who does eight, nine, ten things at once well? No one person was or is intended to do so many things at once. 
it's very easy to get caught up in this idea, well, if it's a good, then it's a willed good. And I've come mm. to, I think, better understand this point once again in and through my encounters with my children. Uh, for example, some years ago, I shared this example in my book, some years ago, uh, my oldest son, when he was, what, maybe six or seven, came up to me and uh, said, hey, hey, Dad, can I finish pulling the weeds? And I said to myself, did my son just ask me <laughs> if he can finish pulling the weeds, right? Like, why would he ask me that? And then it dawned on me. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. It was my wife's birthday. We had people coming over, and we needed to get the house ready. Oh. And I had to tell him, oh. no. You know, it's not okay for you to pull the weeds right now, okay? And so I wanted to let him know that pulling the weeds is a good thing, and his dad approves of pulling the weeds, but just not right now. And he looked at me initially, and, and he thought to himself, and I could see it in his eyes, is my dad telling me that he doesn't want me pulling weeds? <laughs> oh, I see. My dad is telling me he doesn't want me pulling weeds because there's something more pressing. Yes. You see? This is a good, but it's not the willed good in this moment, you see. The same thing is going on in our relationship with God the Father, is it not, John? Yes, it is. We go to God in our prayer, and as we do, we go to Him with many requests. And sometimes God says yes, as we as fathers say yes to our children. But sometimes He says, not yet. Right. Not yet. <laughs> Because I want you here or there. Yes. The pressing need for you, John or Joe, is to be um, present to this person or that person or whatever that might be. So the good versus the willed good moment is another point of reflection, I think, for us, John. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and it's a part of our responsibility as a father to figure out the timing of it. Yeah. We weigh kind of back and forth, right? We weigh back and forth what the best response is. Indeed. And Yes, and, and we trust that, don't we? We trust that. And so we, in turn, have to trust God the Father, that He Himself understands what's best for us. He understands what's best for us more than we understand ourselves. So, you know, I mean, we, I think, sometimes have to, have to get over ourselves <laughs> on that point, right? So we have to trust God the Father. But doesn't this bring the whole conversation back to its locus, its center? We are talking about relationship, and any time you yes. talk about relationship— what are you talking about? Especially a good relationship. Trust. Trust. And, yes, and love. The yes. element of love. In yes. There. Trust and love. You know, trust is the most concrete act and expression of faith, yeah. right? Because right. To, to trust is to what? But make the leap. <laughs> Once we make the leap, we are showing God the Father that we what? We trust Him. And that trust is is built on an already existing relationship. So once we exercise one act of trust, then we are going to exercise more trust. And after we exercise more trust, we're going to exercise more trust. And that's how a relationship builds on itself. This is how, by the grace of God, John, your relationship with your children has built on itself over the years. Um, yes, you have older right. children, and uh, by the grace of God, your relationship with your children is built upon a trust over the course of time. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. And we can also, when we have done something which was less than perfect, we have the chance to uh, correct it also. Mm -hmm. As with every relationship, yes. we seek to do better, and we practice that. 
Yeah, which I think raises a very important point, uh, John, and that is this whole dynamic of a hard love as a father. Oh, right? that's, a, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, and, you know, hard love isn't a love that comes out of uh, hate or, no. you know, some kind of idea that we get a rise out of giving consequence. No, hard love, uh, that is consequence, is an expression of deep, true love. Indeed. We, we give consequences because it is going to bring our children's attention to what they are doing and once they are made to contemplate what they are doing because of the consequence, by the grace of God, hopefully they won't do that anymore. Oh, that right? is so much a mirror of our relationship with God. Amen. Amen, John. And, and that, again, brings us to that point. I mean, how do we see that point in relationship with who we are as children of God? Do we get in the way of those consequences sometimes? Do we draw back into this kind of slavery of fear. What does Romans 8.15 say? We have not been given the spirit of slavery in which we fall back and do fear, but the spirit of adoption which we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, what do we fear most? I think shame. In the end, shame. Being lonely and, and, and shame. So Paul says, rise up in the spirit of God and understand that you have someone who loves you yeah. with such an extraordinary and merciful love. God is going to love you back into being, b- becoming the person that God is calling you to be. Uh, there is a, a sister out there, uh, I think her name's uh, Catherine Doherty. Uh, Catherine Doherty, she says, um, we have the power to listen someone into being. Listen someone into being. And what she means by that is when we give someone do attention, and allow them to tell their stories. We can then speak to that story. So often we think we can speak to that story without really listening to them. I think the real problem, I think, in some interpersonal dynamics is that we just don't listen to people. God listens to us. He gives us all the time in the world to just pour our hearts out. He listens us into being. And then when when we are ready to listen... He has a lot to say to us. Oh, yeah. Which is first and foremost, John, his merciful love. Right? His merciful love. That is what attracts us so much to him, is his love. Yeah. And yet there is so many aspects to God that we seek. We seek to understand and seek to follow. We seek to understand, we seek to follow, and both the understanding and the following is caught up in this love, right? Is caught up in yes. this love. As we talk about love, John. Something we ought to be present to here is that you cannot have love without freedom, right? Right. (laughs) We know as fathers that we cannot force love. Not only can we not force love, but there is a certain joy that comes to us as fathers. Earlier, we were talking about the joy of discovery that we encounter with our children when they get to know us, and then they kind of share in in who we are. Well. On the flip side, there is a joy we receive when our children love us or when our children love their siblings. There is a certain joy of discovery in that moment. Absolutely. Right? And we would never want to get in the way of that. I would argue, at least for me, my greatest joy in life is when I see my children doing something extraordinary for their siblings. 
There's something mm. just so life-giving about that, John. I don't know if you've experienced that. But, Certainly. Oh, gosh, it's so life-giving. And so, yeah, we can sit here and talk about the importance of freedom as it relates to love. Love always comes from within, not from without. You can't force it. Love is never coerced, browbeated, imposed upon, but always proposed. Love is always an invitation. And when it is, and when it is embraced, when it is embraced, John, there is a certain life-giving element to it. What does St. Paul say about freedom, right? That in the end, Jesus came for one reason, to set us free. We, we were bound to the events of the Garden of Eden, and we are no longer bound. We, we have, again, that great passage that comes to us from Romans 8.15 to remind us that we've been given the spirit of adoption, which we cry, Abba, Father. That Abba, right? That most intimate term. Oh, yes. Papa, Daddy. That's intimacy. Yeah. A lot of people out there look at God as this kind of punitive policeman up there. He's, he's up there. He's waving his finger with his long gray hair, you know, and... <laughs> And he doesn't (laughs) enter into the dynamic of our everyday life, and it's quite the opposite. He longs to be a part of our everyday life. We just have to overcome those fears, overcome that slavery to fear, and enter into that that great cry, Abba, Father, which, again, as we spoke to it, John, is caught up in trust. I was just speaking to the events of the Garden of Eden. What was the great enticing enchantment of the adversary in the Garden of Eden. To create distrust. Yes. Yeah. He was saying to Adam and Eve, don't you understand that God does not want you picking the apple from that tree? Because if you do, then you are going to come to know what he knows, and he doesn't want you knowing that. If you want to break something up, where do you go? You go to the heart of it. You go to the center of it. If trust is the center of this whole thing we call Christianity as we speak to trust as the concrete act and virtue of faith, then yeah, he's going to place this sense of mistrust, and that's what he did. And so what we have to recover then is that deeper sense of what it means to trust in God, that deeper sense of what it means to turn our lives over to God. And that's a part of our relationship with our children. Mm. Amen. And, and Amen. we want to reinforce it, build it up, create that relationship of love. Yeah. And you know, John, if we're going to be honest, every father has had their difficult moments with their children. It's not always smelling roses, right? That's right. <laughs> There's always going to be, we are always going to have those encounters that are going to leave us asking the question, how could have I done that better? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and John, herein lies the importance of forgiveness. Very good. We were talking about Very the good, arms yeah. outstretched. Forgiveness is that beautiful expression of love. We might look at an apple tree, and as we look at the blossoms of an apple tree, if we didn't know that it was an apple tree, we would say, boy, there's a beautiful tree. Right? Yes, yes, you would. We look at those beautiful blossoms of the apple tree and we say, there's a beautiful tree. But here's the thing, John. The fruit of that tree is just not the blossom. It's, <laughs> it's the apple, right? That's true. It's the apple. So we can talk about <laughs> certain acts of love as the fruit of Christianity, mm-hmm. rightfully so. And just as the blossom to an apple tree is beautiful, so is love to Christianity beautiful. But there's a particular deeper fruit to what is inherent to that tree, and it's the apple. So where am I going with this? The deeper 
particular fruit to Christianity in the exercise of love, merciful love, is forgiveness. As fathers, we need to learn that language of forgiveness with our children. It is quintessential to just not the narrative of our lives, but we know that to be true because it is at the heart of the narrative of salvation history, right? By the grace of God, go all of us. All of us, right, yes. To know that <laughs> Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is what lies at the heart of our faith. And it lies at the heart of our fatherhood. Yes, um, it's relationship. We talked about Superman and how Superman said, it is in becoming a father that I better understand what it means to be a son. Um, that is never more true as it relates to forgiving and moreover being forgiven. Being forgiven, yes. Being forgiven. Because in the end, that is the highest expression of love, to forgive, to lay your life down. That's what you're doing when you forgive. Because again, we have every right, we say to ourselves in our mind, to be angry at this person or that person for what they did to me, right? But to say no, to enter into that revolutionary act that we see on the cross and say, enough is enough. I'm not going to allow another person's weakness to dictate how I love. I'm going to learn the language of love from Jesus Christ, which means I'm going to forgive. Big lesson. Yes. I think it's Mark chapter 2, verse 7, where we are reminded that forgiveness is a divine act working within us, that we can never forgive on our own, per se. But as we were speaking oh. to the superhero moment earlier, is, is there anything more superhero, if you will, than forgiving? <laughs> because is there anything right. more divine? Right. Is there anything reaching out, for, uh, reaching out to the extraordinary than forgiving? Forgiving the unforgivable? Yeah. That's... Yeah. Mm. That's even a bigger one. Yep. When we yep. can understand that our children do something and they were mistaken in what they perceived, it's easier to forgive them. But the forgiveness that God gives to us, it's, yep. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It really is. I don't know, John, we're out of time here. Oh. If, if you had any closing thoughts to our reflection this evening. Thankfulness to God, our Father, through Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. Always thankfulness. Mm. That Amen. is... That is it. And a part of our thankfulness is in the relationship and the relationship that we share with our children and even other people. Amen. Thank you for that closing reflection, John. I think we'll go ahead and close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.